Welcome to the St. Michael's Podcast, conversations on themes from recent sermons given from the pulpit at St. Michael's. I'm Damon Hancock. After a brief hiatus, the podcast is back. For this episode, I spoke with Tamara Plummer, who has her own podcast, Pursuing Call. Look it up. Tamara preached at St. Michael's on St. Michael's Day last September, and we recorded this conversation last October. We spoke about liminal space, which Tamara defines as the space between what was and what is not yet, a concept that's particularly useful in these unusual times. We also spoke about the pervasive grief that defines this moment in the world, and how we might hold space for one another to traverse that grief. Here's Tamara speaking from the pulpit last September. I lived in Vermont. I was a student affairs professional at the University of Vermont, and I had a drastic uh, liminal moment about my career and decided to move home. It was a very hard time. I was discerning priesthood, trying to find a job, and answering very big life questions. One day I laid on a friend's couch and just like nasty cried. Her dog Lucia, who has just this year passed away, gone on to glory, walked over to me, looked me in the eye, took her paw and laid it on my lap. Now maybe she just wanted her armpit scratched but I have never felt so seen in all of my life. A dog with no words let me know that I was not alone in this liminal space. She didn't try to fix me or change me or tell me something about manifestation and journaling and gratitude. Lucia merely offered her loving presence and her affirmation that it was okay to grieve. You were talking about Lucia, mm-hmm. and I can super relate because I'm so, I'm so tired of like telling people about my grief or whatever or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, telling people about my grief, let's say, and then them being like, well, let me explain your grief to you, you know, or, <laughs> or, 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 being, or being like, oh, well, this means that, or you should do this, or I did this, yeah. or instead of just being like there, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I'm super tired of that, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you are too. I'm sure a lot of people are. And it just, um, I don't know, one, one question that I had was, um, was uh, so that happened with, with Lucia the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, where the dog was just sort of present, present there for you, um, and that was that was all that you needed was some company mm-hmm. in, in in grief or some mm-hmm. company in, in turmoil. I mean, how do you how do you exercise that yourself in order to give that to others? You know. So two things. First is I'm going to give everybody a seminary degree right now, pastoral care, pastoral listening class. The first tool you learn in pastoral listening is to not talk. And so we learn a skill and then we go off and we practice it with each other in our small groups over the semester. The first time, you just literally put the timer on and the person talks and you just sit there and you look at them in a loving, caring way. 
five minutes. It is amazing what happens. Really? <laughs> just, they're like, I don't know, I'm just tired today, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden they're like crying about their dog dying. And you didn't say anything. <laughs> you just sat there and were like, just nodded your head. You know, your soft, gentle presence reacts even with your body, but like no words. Mm-hmm. And then the next week, you learn repeat backs. And the repeat back is literally you say whatever the person said. Mm-hmm. So the person says, I had a hard day today. You say, sounds like you had a hard day today. <laughs> okay. it, it sounds ridiculous <laughs> in theory. And then every, okay, I'm giving all the tea. The next time you're with a priest or a psychiatrist or anything, they all use this technique. So sometimes our friends are like, Tamara, are you pastoral carrying me right now? Please stop it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I will. Okay. <laughs> but then I just do it anyway. Right. Um, the, the next one is, so you re- repeat back the exact words. The next phase is repeat back feelings. So I'm sensing that you're tired. Is that correct? And the person's like, no, I'm not tired. I'm just fresh. Like, then they can either correct you or they can affirm that you have heard their feeling. And then you can like, and then there are like harder steps after that. But I think if every human on the planet learned like, shut up, step one. (laughs) Step Mm -hmm. two, repeat back what they said. And three, repeat back what you heard in a summary form and maybe include a feeling. We would all, my relationships drastically changed after I employed that in my friend groups and in my dating relationships. Mm -hmm. Still haven't worked out, but I tried, right? (laughs) But (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, it's like you can bring it to the table, but the other person has to bring it too. The other person has to bring something else too, right? We have to be in a mutually beneficial relationship. (laughs) So I'm still working on that part. But then the other thing I did was I started asking for what I wanted from my friends. So I have one friend who tries to fix things or say, it'll be okay. And then I I started saying to her, Wendy, if you say it'll be okay one more time, we're not going to be friends no more. So I would say to her, I'm going to tell you a story. And when I'm done, you're going to say, it sucks. (laughs) That sucks. That's what you're going to say to me. Right. You don't get to give me no advice. We ain't processing. I don't want to process my feelings. Like, you just get to tell me that it sucks. And I would tell her the story, and even if she, <laughs> it took a while, it's a, yeah. we had to practice a couple times, she would just be like, that sucks. And she's learned to be, have more emphasis on me feeling crappy when I tell her a crappy story, hmm. instead of trying to fix me. But I had to ask for it. When you spoke here the other day, you sort of opened with the concept of, of liminal space, the uh, the space between what was and what is not yet, and what is not yet, yes. and and um, you opened with that, and then you sort of closed with it, and you also sort of winkingly said, and the, the you know one of the things about this is that we're always there, we're, always we're never there. not there. <laughs> um, but I it it just um, it made me because I also heard you have a conversation about this topic in your podcast uh-huh. and. It made me wonder: Is this a sort of is this a concept that was shared with you recently, or that you sort of came around to at a particular point and 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 kind of changed your changed your outlook in a way, or like to, is, do you do you remember like your f- first coming around no. to this? No, 
I think it might point back to maybe the first time I heard about maybe not liminal space, but thin space, which I think is very related. Paulo Coelho talks about it in his work a lot. The place between the divine and dead, kind of like Dia de los Muertos, where like that which is divine interacts with that which is temporal, that which is in this plane, in this space. And that there's this, like this space between where they meet. That kind of feels like liminal space to me. It's uncertain. Mm -hmm. It is, but yet it feels really good. And so once my, I was having a conversation with my aunt about it and I was trying to think about, about thin spaces and I was like, where are my thin spaces? And camp is my thin space, this music camp in New Hampshire, in the woods. I have a friend who had lost her dad just before she went to camp for the first time. And she just sat on this hill in the space between what was, which is her father being alive, and what is not yet. And I don't, I don't know if this is actually answering your question, but it's what, what is coming to mind is this, what are the thin spaces, the liminal spaces, and that became places of healing? Because it's, it's uh, kind of, I'll point back to queer theology. Like the first time I could accept salvation as Jesus's role in my life was when I read queer theology in seminary this past year. And it was about, we're living in the middle, right? Like Christ, Christ is the representation of liminal space in some ways. Because Christ is divine and human. Not either or, mm -hmm. both and. Mm -hmm. And that by crucifying and resurrecting that which is in between, we honor and celebrate that which is in between. Wow. I was like, well, if you're saving me from binaries because all of us are living in multitudes, like, yeah, yeah. that is a salvation I can <laughs> get down with. Yeah. It's to live in the place between because actually that is where we live. This has been the St. Michael's Podcast. This is a new project and is just trying its wings. I invite you to share your impressions by emailing me at damon at stmichaelschurch.org. Thanks for listening. And remember, life is short. Be swift to love.